This is the 7220sports.com kickoff show presented by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, located at 2410 Grand Avenue in Laramie and in the Frontier Mall on Del Range in Cheyenne. The 7220sports.com kickoff show is also sponsored by Wyo Lotto, Papa Murphy's Pizza, Warren's Repair and Towing, and Rocky Mountain Shirt Works. I am Cody Tucker, joined as always by Jared Newland. It's Border War Day, my friend. This has always, always been a huge day in my life. Uh, maybe too huge. Um, I've always compared this to my Christmas and birthday all rolled into one. Uh, now that I have, uh, now that I'm a little older and I have a child, maybe I have a little more perspective on things. But man, this is a big, big day because I always thought if you don't win this one, you have a whole year where you have to eat it from those guys down south. Exactly right, and especially a year like this when Wyoming has a lot on the line in November. Yeah. CSU doesn't, so if for some reason <laughs> those pesky folks from Fort Collins can come out with a W, it just makes it that much worse in a year like this. Absolutely. But we don't think that's going to happen. No, Vegas doesn't think that's going to happen. We don't think that's going to happen. However, uh, you know, the Rams are 2-7 and seven coming into this one. Uh, not a lot to play for, but what a chance to play spoiler for them. Uh, Cowboys on the flip side, 6-3 and three going into this one. 4-1 and one in Mountain West play. A very, very big game is looming after this one. So CSU kind of has trap game written all over it, but I don't know if you can ever call this game a trap game. We've seen... We've seen the underdogs win this thing. We've seen the favorites roll in this thing. I mean, it's just, who knows? And I don't see that from this particular Cowboys squad either. No. And even though they're young, I just, they're relentless. Yeah. <laughs> they, they just they just change the um, script every week and come come back, get ready you know, to play. And the coaching staff's been through this so many times. I mean, it's a veteran coaching staff overall, yeah. and they know how to prepare, and um, it's Yes, it's a. There's a lot on the line. There's a trophy on the line. Bragging rights on the line. I think the Cowboys will be ready. We've talked about it the last couple of games, Jared, and it's two road games. It's you know it's at Albuquerque. It's it's at Honolulu. Not two of the better teams in the Mountain West Conference, but they're still road games, and the Cowboys are still the third youngest team in the country. Um, we weren't. We both were in agreement that we weren't really nervous. Cowboys also went down by double digits in both of these games. Um, they show no panic, so maybe that's why we're not showing any. Probably, yeah. And uh, <laughs> in a game like uh, a rivalry game in, in in the border war, I don't think you want to see the Pokes go down two scores in this particular game and try to come back. Uh, but um, they have shown that they can do it, and they're comfortable doing it too because you look in, in the fourth quarter, they're down two scores against Tulsa and were able to put it in overtime and win the game. So they've been there and done that, but um, I'd rather them just uh, take care of business from the start and, uh, and be comfortable in the second half. We're going to talk about this game, obviously, a lot more here. But first, you know, I thought we should probably – discuss some memories because you and I are both from Wyoming we're both from eastern Wyoming I know it's a little different if you're raised on the west side of the state I mean everybody hates Colorado State don't get it wrong but I think that focus on that side was always BYU maybe even Utah a little more ours was always CSU and Air Force um so many great memories uh you know I was born in 1983 my my recollection goes to about mm, probably 93 uh maybe maybe those whack championship games I do remember the end of the holiday bowl of course against Oklahoma State and things like that but this rivalry Jared means so much and it, and there's been so many important games and you know 
but here's a bad one right off the bat. The first time my mom, my mom said, I, I had a book report due. I think the book was even called like Catcher in the Ravine or some crap. But she said, if you can get this book report done, and I trust you've already started reading this book. Wink, wink. <laughs> um, she used to own a bar in downtown Cheyenne, and they rented out a big bus to take down to Fort Collins to Hughes Stadium for the game in 1994. And I was, what? 11 years old that was my first first game on the road in the border war and i couldn't have picked a worse one because my god was that a i know you were there that night that scene was um it was scary and the cowboys were rolling along the fake punt happens next thing you know the floodgates open and then the floodgates literally open and the students are all on the field with what a minute plus to go in that game it was terrifying yeah it was i was on the sideline actually that game and uh, I saw a guy, a security guard, go down, and I honestly thought he had lost his life. He was blue in the face and was not moving. He was on a stretcher, and I'm like, I just saw my first dead person. Wow. Yeah. And um, luckily for him and for everybody else, he had a heart attack, and he was airlifted out of there, and everything was fine. But um, that, that was a scary moment, and uh, I was you know, on the Wyoming bench side, and I was pretty much hiding behind guys that had helmets and pads on because I'd didn't want to get trucked yeah that was a real deal everybody drinking all day long yeah. that was a matchup of two really good teams I, I believe csu was in the top 25 at the time and the cowboys were knocking on the door just it all all hell broke loose. <laughs> <laughs> oh it sure did it sure did well and, and you know you i always heard rumors and you could probably speak to this that i mean csu students were grabbing helmets and swinging them and like going after the band and all kinds of yep. stuff i mean it was pure mayhem it was and little off the subject here, but I'm pretty sure that was Kirk Herbstreet's first sideline assignment. Oh, wow. As an analyst for ESPN. That'd be interesting to talk to him about. I'm sure he yeah. remembers that. I'm pretty sure it was because he was like with Classic Sports America for a while. Then he came over to the, the college side. Right. I think that was his first game. So th- my biggest memory of that one, my biggest takeaway, obviously the, the loss was uh, just devastating, but that's when some major psychotic hatred was born. You know, you always grew up hating CSU. It was, I, I still don't cuss in front of my mom, and I'm 39 years old, but I was always allowed to say the old, you know, blank, blank CSU or BYU, add whichever team fits. I <laughs> um, was always able to say that, but that night, I just remember just this pure, like a fire was lit. I mean, and it absolutely lit. And then we get in the parking lot, and it was, I mean, it was absolutely chaos. Got in the parking lot, got on that big bus, and students started rocking that bus. And it was going a little side to side. And I'm thinking, they're going to tip us over. <laughs> they're going to kill us. I mean, it, it, now that I look back on it, though, I, I love it. I love it because that has not been a thing in this rivalry for a long time. Not that it needs to go to that length, but it has not. This game needs to mean something. And it meant something in the – I'm talking about in the standings. It always means something. But we watched BYU and Utah dominate the headlines. And, and the winner of that game was winning the Mountain West Conference – that hasn't happened in this game since 1996, where it's winner take all, yep. and that needs to start happening more. And that's where you're going to see more passion. You know, we'll talk about it a little bit down the line here, but you talk about the important start that the Cowboys need to have in Fort Collins. They need to have that important start because half their stadiums, more than half their stadiums, empty after halftime. I mean, it's just <clears> not <throat> how it was that night. That place was packed to the gills. And there has to be something said for the old Hughes Stadium, too. I mean, that dirt parking lot, walking. It reminds you of Air Force, walking yeah. up the hill to get to the stadium. And, and, the, and the hills in the end zone, people yeah. flying down those hills. When, usually when there's snow, snow they, yep. they slide down them and stuff. 
my first road game there was in 1990. Uh, Wyoming goes in there with the nation's longest win streak. And there's snow on the ground, and uh, cops are in riot gear. I mean, sold out. Unfortunately, Wyoming does lose the game. Uh, one, one of the Wyoming running backs was running wide open across the uh, goal line with the ball and just, just fell out of his hands. Yeah, was, 17 to 8. It was it was crazy. Yeah. And Wyoming does still go on to the um, Copper Bowl that year. But uh, So I'm with two of my roommates up in the concourse area, and there's cops everywhere in riot gear. And fights are just kind of going on everywhere. And, and this guy shoves into my roommate. He clocks him. I've never seen a nose disappear like that before. <laughs> and the guy falls back into me, rolls my ankle. I thought I broke my ankle. <laughs> I'm limping out of that place like a little kid, you know, like help, getting help from my two roommates. We get out of there. Nothing happened, luckily. But it was it was a crazy scene. And they were tear gassing people. I don't know if it was true tear gas, but they were, <laughs> they were certainly spraying stuff on the guys. Do, so. you, do you think... Not only has, I think, something that's hampered this rivalry is, once again, nothing will ever hamper it, but what's hampering it, I think, is the winning, the the making, making this one count. It has to be, it has to, it's for all the marbles. That's a big deal, but I, I wonder, Jared, what your thoughts are on this. CSU's focus also shifted to CU uh, more around the time Bradley Van Pelt came in the early 2000s. Wyoming was really bad at the time under Vic Koning. CSU was really good, won a couple of Mountain West championships. But also, after talking to Fum McGraw, who of course is Mr. CSU, after talking to Fum McGraw's son, Mike, who actually played football at Wyoming as well as his brother, Dave, um, he told me when he was a kid growing up, Fort Collins was 35,000 people, and it was a cow town, and it reminds him of what Laramie is today. Do you think the growth of that community getting up to, I mean, what is it, 300-some thousand in that in area? area. Uh, that plus their focus on CU that maybe we're not seeing tear gas, we're not seeing those kind of things. <laughs> that has a lot to do with it, and there's so many transients there that, yeah. you know, they're not Colorado-born and bred folks, and, you know, and a lot of, maybe the alums aren't staying there. Yeah. Um, or the the percentage of them, you know, there's more of them out of out of state alums type deal. But yeah. still, if if you have a passion for college athletics, you got to support the local team. Yeah. At least get to the game. They they just have a tough time drawing in even now in a brand new stadium that they're having probably a tough time making payments on <laughs> <laughs> credit card payments. <laughs> but um, I mean, college football is fun and, yeah. and just. You know, I I don't want to see a sold out stadium today by any means because <laughs> the majority would be the CSU folks. But um, you know, I'm just really surprised they can't get that going down there. But they just keep they make the wrong coaching hires three times in a row. Yeah, and they the turnover there, so they can't get anything rolling there. That that's part of it. Yeah, I actually I know I told you this, Jared, but I I heard. Um I heard the greatest excuse of all the excuses at the beginning of the year when CSU was playing at home. Um, I occasionally dabble and get on that Ram Nation board or whatever just to, I guess... What's your handle? Waller in the misery. I have no handle. <laughs> I just go to uh, observe. I, I window shop at Rams Nation or whatever it's called. Uh, I, I actually said... People are griping about the attendance, and they said, guys... You're putting too much into this. The weather is way too nice. I mean, as long as the weather's this nice, 
they're not going to get people in the football stadium. I mean, guys are on trails and riding bikes and kayaking and canoeing and drinking terrible craft beer. And I mean, there's all kinds of other stuff to do. That sounds like a San Diego State UCLA <laughs> excuse. Yeah, oh, it's Southern California. It's so nice. Nobody wants to go to a football game during the day. <laughs> Is that crazy? Are you me? That's you have, crazy. If you, if you live in that, you have every day to do that. Yeah. It's like the hunting excuse around here when people say they're going hunting. You can hunt any day of the week. Exactly. You don't have to hunt on Sat game day Saturdays. Exactly. Well, and here we all know how hard it is to get to Laramie and the weather and the and you know what it what it takes to get to Laramie. We were talking about that last night with all these kids in town or you know in town for state football this weekend in Laramie. Why aren't you at the game? Especially if you're from Cody and Star Valley, you you don't get to come to Wyoming games very often. So get in the arena auditorium and check out this team and start building a new crop of uh, of kids that are going to care about the University of Wyoming for the rest of their lives. And we just didn't see that. Yeah, it's, it's weird. But it, but it, back to Fort Collins and Canvas Stadium. It's a, obviously a beautiful new stadium and all that good stuff. But when you live in a what within a hundred mile radius of three million people or something, forty five thousand people can't accidentally stumble into that place. Yeah, I don't get it. And especially when they have what thirty thousand students. Thirty thousand students. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's crazy. It is absolutely crazy. But back to some good memories. One of mine. And speaking of how rough things were in the Vic Coning area era, to me, obviously ninety six is a is right up top. Wyoming's drive, Josh Walwork, Marcus Harris, all the fourth down conversions, all, all all that it took to win that game with everything on the line to play in that inaugural WAC championship game. And it's, oh, by the way, zero degrees in Hughes Stadium against a really, really good CSU team. Uh, that will, to me, always be number one, but that's kind of a given. One of my quiet ones that is just... I loved it so much. It meant so much. It felt like you're turning a corner. It was a huge upset. And that was that game in 2003. Uh, Wyoming had no business, per se, winning that game. Uh, that's Bradley Van Pelt, who also put his foot in his mouth saying, well, we don't really care about Wyoming. CU's our rivalry. That's who we're worried about. Um, all Wyoming did was win that game 35-28. to 28. And and I think for me, I was I was those guys' age. You know, like Casey Bramlett, we're, we're like the same age. So uh, a guy who went to high school across town from me, Ben Stratton's playing safety for Colorado State. They had Bob Vomha from Gillette, Clint Oldenburg from Gillette. To see Malcolm Floyd catch a football for a touchdown over Ben Stratton was one of the greatest memories <laughs> of my life. I loved it so, so much. And like we talked about, the snow started coming down right when the fourth quarter started. And Joe Glenn brought all this positive energy in, but they only won four games that year. But one of them was that one. And it was so important and then see it and to beat BYU as yep. well it really made you feel like the Wyoming Cowboys were back on track and the Vic Coning era was a thing of the very distant past it sure felt that way that day yeah that he Vic always claimed the cupboard was bare yeah yeah well well Joe did a lot of good things with that bare cupboard he did <laughs> that he first did. two years he did that one that one meant a lot to me it really did and I think it was because there were so many Wyoming guys on that CSU roster. Uh, that always has stuck in my craw, and it always makes me sick. And I know guys go for certain reasons and all that, but I guess the Wyoming in me comes out where I'm like, yes, going to CSU would have been the easy decision. They were the best team in the Mountain West at the time, but don't you want to go home, you know, stay home and make what you have better instead of playing for yeah. the arch rivals? And now you burned your man card for the rest of your life. Be the the group of recruits that actually turn things around. Yeah, uh, John Wendling, guys like that, Chris Brzezinski, uh, you know those guys 
they did what they had to do and they stayed home and did it so ultimate respect for them uh 98's another one that was really special speaking of those snowy hills inside of hughes stadium god i miss that old dump i really do lots of snowballs lots of snow yeah lots of snow that night but the cowboys it was really weird too you remember jared back then csu would always win in laramie and then Wyoming started winning in Fort Collins, and it was just back and forth, back and forth. And to win that game, it, I believe it was a Thursday night ESPN game, and they they were firing off the cannons after touchdowns, and that smoke never left the field, and it was muddy, and the Cowboys were wearing white head to toe, and they were just covered in mud. And Robbie Duncan with yeah, a long return. Yeah. Yep. Oh, it was good stuff. I, I'll never forget Kofi Shuck laying out, catching a ball right down the middle, and Jay Stoner finding a way to score on the ground, and, and, and Marcus Brigham and those guys and that was uh that was a very memorable one for me well a photographer from csu on i don't even know what the the twitter handle is but he put that photo out yesterday oh aggies to rams yeah yeah and um, historian guy and it was 1993 when wyoming's wearing the all browns mm-hmm. in laramie abc game and wyoming's really good and csu comes in and punch them in the mouth i mean from the get-go and it was ugly 41 21 and yarbrough uh tweeted out um you know he goes i remember those uniforms we all went in and asked coach tiller if we could wear them and and i wrote back and i talked to joe when he was in laramie it was 2010 or 2011 we're standing in the end zone on our way to the press box to do a radio interview he goes i want to watch the rest of this half i said all right cool so i started asking about because that was during the Christensen era where Christensen had all these goofy uniform combinations. Yeah. And he goes, he goes, why can't we just go back to the normal, you know, uniforms? And I said, and I said, yeah, I liked what you did here and at Purdue. It was, you know, straight across the board type thing. But I do have to ask you about 93. Mm-hmm. Why did you allow them to wear all brands? He goes, I didn't want to. I did <laughs> not want to, but they kept bothering me about it. And finally, I gave in, and look what happened. <laughs> so we put it back on the guys. So, uh, yeah, you think uh, Craig Bull would ever let his team wear gold jerseys again if they would have lost to Montana State? Yeah, and I, I took a screenshot of that picture, and I can't see if it's number 15 that was missing that tackle on the running back or if it was number um, five. So number five was Kenny Johnson, and one of my good friends – in Cheyenne, Rob Levin wears 15, and I sent that to him. I said, is this you or KJ? No. And he, go, he goes, honestly, I don't know. He goes, that was my worst game of my career, so it's probably me. <laughs> he goes, I missed so many tackles in that game, and he's a Colorado guy. Right, right. And uh, Well, in talking to Tug, uh, Fum McGraw's son, he told me the same thing. He said the CSU game was the worst game he ever played in his life because he was trying too hard. Yeah. He wanted it so bad, and he's from Fort Collins and the whole shebang, and he just said it was some of the worst games I ever played. It's and I'm sure it is for a lot of these guys. On the flip side, though, I'm sure it's some of their best games too. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'm looking right now at, at just the history and the wins and the losses and stuff. And man, that that Sonny Lubick fellow. If it wasn't for him, this might be a, a totally different ball game here. The Cowboys trail in the all-time series, 59, 49, and five. They have closed the gap a lot in the last decade plus, but man, Sonny Lubick did work. And that 93 game you're talking about, then obviously that rolled into 94 the next year. The Cowboys off to a huge lead in that one. CSU finished number 14 in the country that year. That's how good they were, and the Cowboys had them. Yeah, it was, they had them buried. <laughs> buried. But other than that, you know, once you look at that, once you get to 96, the Cowboys are ranked 23rd in the country. There's no rankings in this game for either team since 1996. And to me, 96 doesn't seem all that long ago, but it was a long time ago. This needs to get better. 26 years ago. Yeah. (laughs) 
these the, these teams need to get better, and yeah. it's good when both teams are better, and they should be. This should be for all the marbles every year. And it's it's finally good um, that there's something on the line because Wyoming has a lot riding on this game. Because um, if they win today and keep going, and you know we all know what looms ahead next week. Yeah, a home game against Boise State. Huge. And, and you have to figure Boise State's going to take care of Nevada this weekend. And, one would uh, think. Yeah, and Boise State is not very happy after last week. So, um, you know, the Cowboys have won nine of the last 13 in this series. And I know a lot of people don't look at Dave Christensen's era as a great one, but he owned the Rams. And we will never forget Austin Carter Samuels going down the sideline, throwing that stiff arm just taking that safety right off his feet and scoring that touchdown. And, and I believe Ian Watts kicked the field goal to, to win that game in Fort Collins. And, and I'll never forget Mike Purcell, I believe, had a, had a safety in that game. And those guys were so happy it made them bowl eligible. I mean, that's where another game where you're like, they're turning the corner here. Things are finally going to start rolling here. And, and Dave Christensen won four out of five in that series. He really dominated. Craig Bowl has won five of the last eight in this one uh that 2021 is one that's sticking in everybody's craw though in front of an empty Empty canvas stadium stadium. and the first two years yeah when craig had a depleted roster and stuff like that those are the ones he lost yeah but csu is starting to see how the other half lives um they had sonny lubick for a long time and now they're starting to see maybe you know obviously he's older now and probably wouldn't be a coach anymore but when you force a guy out the grass isn't always greener and now they're starting to go through one coach after another. And we both, I think, are under the same agreement that Jay Norvell's going to be fine. He's, he's going to do a good job there, but it's really weird. They were picked to finish ahead of the Cowboys, if you remember, in the standings this year in the preseason. Uh, he's bringing over all these cats from Nevada who are all very familiar with his air raid system. Matt Mummy's the next goofy offensive coordinator who's innovative and throwing it all over the joint and uh this team has not been great and they have been hammered by the transfer portal already they've lost six guys to the portal already this year and that's something i think we've talked about that we're going to start seeing out of the portal if you get off to bad starts you're going to have guys who go "Mm, i'm not going to burn my red shirt so they're not going to play four games or they're going to play four games or less and then they're going to get in the portal what's crazy about it is at least one of those transfers already came with Norvell from Nevada. Yeah, and says, Stovall. Oh, I'm done. I'm out of here. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. It's I don't I don't get that part of it. Um and that has to hurt you somewhat for the next location you're going to go because you really love the game. Yeah. Yeah, and do you, are you going to get a uh you're going to get a good word from your head coach you just left? Yeah, and <laughs> who knows in the today's age, but it, it does seem weird and there's obviously they're not clicking on all cylinders <laughs> they're at not, they're, all they're not clicking on many cylinders and we go will, over those stats yeah we will get into that <laughs> on the other side of the break here uh clay millen their quarterback is um we're going to talk more extensively about this on the other side but he has taken an absolute beating this year he will be the starter today we're told uh jay norvell sounded very comfortable he of course left the last game which we'll tell you about how he left the last game at san jose state but he left the last game a little woozy and a little pissed off and uh we'll put it this way he got his helmet taken away and he spent the uh second half in the old blue tent so it wasn't the first trip to the tent for mr millen this year he has had a rough go of it the csu rams have had a rough go of it 
Kickoff tonight, 5 p.m. inside Canvas Stadium. The Cowboys looking to move to 7-3 overall and 5-1 and in Mountain West play. Keep pace with Boise State in the Mountain Division standings. Got to play the Colorado State Rams first. We'll see you on the other side of the break. Welcome back to the 7220sports.com kickoff show presented by Dickie's Barbecue. Stop in or order online at dickies.com for your tailgating food today. I'm Cody Tugger, joined by Jared Newland. Wyoming Cowboys, Colorado State Rams, the 114th rendition of the Border War. Tonight, inside Canvas Stadium, 5 p.m. kickoff. The game is on CBS Sports Network. No more streaming. No, no more Hawaii Spectrum. Thank goodness. <laughs> However, you should be at Canvas Stadium, and I have seen a ton of Wyoming fans that are saying they're going to be there including my sister who just bought six tickets. She barely gets to a game in Laramie. So uh, I think people are really excited about this one, and I think there will be plenty of seats available, especially around quarter number three. Yeah, the southwest corner of that um, end zone in Canvas Stadium will be packed with brown and gold tonight. Yeah, I think that's going to be I think it's gonna be a really good turnout. A lot on the line for the Wyoming Cowboys, of course, who come into this one 6-3 and three overall, 4-1 and one in Mountain West Conference play. I know we beat this thing like a damn dead horse, Jared, but can you even believe that's coming out of our mouths that if the Cowboys can win this one tonight, they're 7-3 and three and 5-1. and one. And I know it's a weird year. I know the Mountain West Conference isn't exactly the SEC this year, but still, the Wyoming Cowboys were not supposed to be in this conversation. They were supposed to be one of these meddling young teams that are trying to figure it out still today. Picked last in the Mountain West or in the Mountain Division. Well, well uh, right above second, New Mexico. Fifth, excuse me, fifth yeah. out of six. Yeah. And as Joe Glenn used to say, not last, dead last. Yeah. But not dead last, but damn close. <laughs> I used to love that term. But um, Wyoming has just surprised everybody. Yeah. Uh, and we, like I said, we say it every week, third youngest team in the country, and they just, they're relentless. Yeah. And um, hopefully we can, you know, see that out of them tonight that they can keep it going. Because I, yeah. us as fans, I mean, true fans, yeah. not fairweather week to week fans, we, we've seen the work that this team has put in. Yeah. And, and you get to visit with them on a weekly basis, twice, three times a week. Yeah. And, they they're just a fun group to be around. You enjoy talking to every single one of them. Yep. And once again, we'll say it: Joe Glenn's a changed person. Yeah, Craig Bull. Or, yeah, Joe, but geez, sorry, Joe Glenn will never change. <laughs> <laughs> He'll never. I'm sure he's still smiling somewhere as we speak. Letterback. <laughs> uh, no, you know these guys are fun to talk to. They're they're a great group and. Um, Talk to Frank Crum off the, off the record a little bit. Wyoming's big right tackle, who's uh, who's from Laramie, obviously. Uh, Dad and Grandpa both played at Wyoming. I just said, what's different, man? You know, just off the record, what is different? And he just said, you know, Andrew Peasley, he's a, he's a big reason that things are different right now because, guys, Wyoming's winning the Craig Bowl way. They're playing awesome defense, and they're running the football. And they're big up front. They're not making mistakes. They're not. They're not having dumb penalties. They're not doing all the things Colorado State's doing. Um, and Andrew Peasley brings a different element to this team. And I know some of you out there are probably rolling your eyes, going, "Oh my God!" I mean, what three games this year? He hasn't even completed double-digit passes. He's coming off a really bad passing game in Hawaii. However, he made up seventy some yards on the ground, a couple touchdowns, and he's just a steadying presence. He's not getting panicked. He's not freaking out. 
He's just, I, I can't even explain it. The kids just got some moxie, man, and, and the guys just fell in line. And keep in mind, this guy was at rival Utah State, what, seven, eight months ago? And he's been banged up several of these yeah. games, too, and he just picks himself off the turf, gets up and gets in the huddle and gets him going again. Yep. He is. Uh, he has been a definite steady in force. But speaking of, I mean, Frank Crum, he's not about to point at himself, but he's a big reason for this, too. Um, he's mentored a young line uh, that coming into the season, we thought, oh, boy, no Logan Harris, no Keegan Kreider, no Alonzo Velasquez, no Latrell Bible. You're thinking, uh-oh, what is this going to look like? Uh, Wyoming's given up nine sacks this year. And why do I bring up sacks? The Colorado State Rams have given up 43 sacks in nine games. And nine just last week. Nine. In one game. Wyoming (laughs) used to be the leaders in the Mountain West in that category as far as getting to the quarterback, but San Jose State just jumped them because they got to Clay Millen nine, well, eight times. They got to him eight times. His own offensive lineman finished him off with number nine, which sent him to the blue tent and got his helmet taken away for the remainder of the game. Hardest hit of the game. (laughs) It was punishing. It was punishing. And if you haven't seen it, please go to YouTube and just type in CSU quarterback hit by own player, (laughs) and it comes right up, and it is beautiful. Clay Millen reminded me on that play of, uh, have you ever seen Necessary Roughness when they put in the backup, and he's like, blow the whistle, blow the whistle. (laughs) (laughs) He's avoiding defenders left and right, and then his own guy just wrecks him. And when he gets up, he wants to stay in the game. Yeah. He the was head pissed. referee walked him halfway to the sideline <laughs> until the trainer came out. The ref was not going to let him play. Because the ref got a front row seat to that bang. Uh, and that's not Millen's first time this year. I mean, nine sacks against Michigan. This guy has been beat to hell. One of the funniest parts of that whole play, though, is when the offensive lineman looks down on him and puts both hands on his <laughs> helmet like, what did I just do? <laughs> I just killed our starting quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. It's always fun to have a laugh at their expense. They would have been laughing at Wyoming's expense, that's for sure. But, man, that they just cannot protect Clay Millen. They, they've had four different quarterbacks this year, and they can't protect any of them. And the offense, I get it. CSU's really young, too. They really are. Where they people thought they might be all right this year, though, is all those transfers. I want to say it was 15 guys, something like that, that came over from the Wolfpack. Uh, following Jay Norvell, of course, who was in Reno the last handful of years, and it just hasn't materialized. And you know what? CSU is case in point that it all starts up front, and they're just not getting it done. And they know we know that they can block. Yeah. I mean, they're big Division One offensive linemen. Bigger than Wyoming's line. They're just not – the air raid offense must just – they're not clicking on how to block those schemes. Sure. And now it's just – a visiting team or the opposing teams are just like let's go after them because yeah. they're in disarray. Absolutely. And when they do throw it up, it is a little scary because um, Horton is one of the best receivers in the country at going up and getting balls. Yeah. But then again, when he has balls passed right to him, like fifteen yard outs or ins, he drops them. Yeah. Yeah, he did. He had a rough rough go at San Jose State last week. Uh, CSU has won two games this year. They won at Nevada, which, of course, was a big emotional return to Reno for a lot of dudes, especially Jay Norvell. And then they took care of Hawaii at home. Um, something Craig Bull mentioned, and he's right. You know, if you're going to give some kudos to Jay Norvell and his staff, they came in with that air, Fort Air Raid is what they kept pumping on social media. And he had to ditch that. He had to change. And they did change. They won a couple of games. And they're doing it on the ground uh, because they can't protect their quarterback. They can't keep him upright. And if there's one scary player not named Torrey Horton on this offense, 
It's Avery Morrow, the running back. He has been really good. His balance is outstanding. Dude does not go down. His uh, arm tackles do not apply. Uh, 121 attempts, 626 yards, 5.2 average, long as 67. You mentioned it, Jared. He busts a lot of big ones, and that's because he doesn't go down. He does not go down on first contact. He is another one of those Nevada guys. Uh, four touchdowns for Avery Morrow. He's been really, really good this year. And we do know that Wyoming's had some problems with uh, missing tackles, especially yep. early in the game, yep. first quarter type stuff. Um, so they, they really need to buckle down and make sure that they bring this guy to the ground. No arm tackles, weight above the waist. Yep, you got to trip him up and um, make solid tackles. Big strong up. kid. Yeah, he's a big strong kid. He's actually a lot of fun to watch. I've watched a lot of CSU games. What did you just say? <laughs> he well, I don't know how long he's going to be at Colorado State. <laughs> so you never know. But uh, you know, and and you've talked about Torrey Horton, of course. And there's no doubt he is the Rams' number one target. He has 50 receptions, almost 800 yards. He's averaging nearly 16 yards per catch and has six touchdowns. He can get the long balls, he can get the short balls, he can do it all, man. And he was really good at Nevada, so nobody's shocked by this. But the next closest guy to Torrey Horton is Justice Ross Simmons, who has just 15 grabs but 271 yards. He's averaging more than 18 yards per catch. These guys both have longs next to him. Uh, you know, Ross Simmons has a 76-yarder. Torrey Horton's got a 69-yarder. Uh, Ross Simmons has also been in the end zone twice. So they've got some dudes. And, and speaking of dudes, on defense, Jack Howell – uh, has been a really good safety for them. He's been a solid, solid player. He already has 88. He has 88 tackles already this year and three interceptions, a forced fumble. He's been really, really good. But I'm really sad to say that he is um, a second cousin of my nieces. That's right. I forgot about that. So We all have one in our family, yeah. Jared. Maybe not CSU, but... And I've never met the... I don't even know that side <laughs> of the family very well, so I don't know him from Adam, but he is a good player. Well, and to put in perspective, kind of this kind of sums up CSU in a lot of ways. Aiden Hector, another one of their defensive backs, he picks off a pass last week against San Jose State. He's excited. He takes his helmet off in celebration. 15-yard penalty. Next thing you know, the Rams are punting instead of having the ball near midfield. That's kind of CSU's season in a nutshell. They are the second most penalized team in the Mountain West Conference. 71 of those in nine games. And they're just at the worst times, it seemed like. I, I haven't watched all their games, but I've watched enough to try to, to get ready for this particular show, actually, and the game. And they just dumb mistakes. Very dumb. Drop balls, uh, false starts, um, encroachments, and then the, the, those kind of penalties, taking your helmets off. And, it's just, and then when you actually do get a playoff, 30% of the time your quarterback's on the ground. Nope. I mean, that's just brutal. Yeah behind the chains again yeah you're just never going to win doing that and and some of the more alarming stats you look at here they convert 19 percent of third down conversions that is dead last in the mountain west conference joe glenn would be proud 19 <laughs> percent that is just unheard of but that's what happens when you play behind the sticks all the time and when you're only averaging 12.9 points a game <laughs> you you need every point you can get. Uh, another dead last. They yeah. haven't scored more than 19 points in a game this season. That's crazy. For a team we expected to come out throwing the ball over the yard looking more Mike Leach than Craig Bull. And uh, speaking about th- coming out throwing the ball, I think tonight, if if they don't do that on the first three plays of the game, I would be shocked. They will. Because if they don't complete them, one of them might be a pass interference just yeah. to get 
some confidence going, get the ball rolling. And um, but I, I just don't see how they couldn't against a Wyoming secondary that has been sketch at times. Yeah, no doubt. Against the pass. So and think about that twenty twenty game in Canvas Stadium. CSU jumped all over Wyoming right off the bat, fourteen to nothing. Uh, Wyoming obviously aided in that with a turnover, a pick six right off the bat, and then a strip sack. But they went right to Trey McBride right down the middle, and he rumbled right into the end zone. Yep. That might have been his last offensive touchdown of his college career, and he was only a sophomore. <laughs> he didn't have any. Steve Adazio didn't like going to yeah, Mr. Trey McBride, uh, the Mackey Award winner. But on the flip side of it, CSU gives up almost 32 points a game. Yeah. <laughs> Those are not winning recipes. You look at you know a guy like Morrow having a, a really good year, but Swen actually is having a better year, mm-hmm. and he's missed probably a total of two and a half games with yeah. the different injuries and stuff like that, and and CSU is only averaging 90 on the ground. Yeah. Just under 90. But we talked about it before. I wonder how much the sack sacks. yardage is absolutely yep. killing them. 38, 38 sacks. That has to be. Uh, let me look. I We're going to effort on this one. I got to look at this. I'll run through some other stats real quick while you're doing that. Uh, Wyoming, you know, they're averaging 339 yards a game now, and CSU's averaging 278. Uh, Wyoming's really getting more balanced yeah. at 145 through the air and 194 on the ground. But CSU, I mean, 189 through the air and only 89 on the ground. That's just that's un-CSU-like for sure. Yeah. That reminds me of that Wyoming team that went into Tennessee and won. Just horrendous offense. <laughs> just horrendous. All right, you ready for these sack numbers? Oh, my God. This is going to be good. Clay Millen has been sacked 38 times. For minus 261 yards. Grand total, they've given up 43 sacks for 298 yards. So that's almost an average of minus nine yards a sack, (laughs) which means that they are, whichever quarterback it is, is scrambling and trying to, and makes things worse instead of just going down and (laughs) blow the whistle, blow the whistle. Five yard. (laughs) Lost. They're losing nine yards. Yeah, yeah, and and that's effort. That's trying. I mean, it, it's got to get old. It's got to be really hard. And there's probably another fifteen to twenty to thirty times that it's been the hit the, that, but the quarterback actually gets the ball out and throws it out of bounds <laughs> to where he's just about getting ready to get sacked. Oh, those are just those are brutal, and and that that's why you're nineteen percent on third down, and that's why you're dead last in first downs in the conference. Another just alarming stat here that I, I, I found uh, dead last once again in red zone offense, 8 of 18 with only four touchdowns this year. Four touchdowns inside the 20-yard line, and they've only scored eight times. And they've only made 18 trips. <laughs> That's crazy. And, and some of that is probably the big plays that they have scored on Yeah, that don't count as red zone, but give them just a tad bit of credit there. But... Um, <laughs> Now go on the flip side of that on what they're giving up in the red zone. <laughs> Once again, dead last in red zone defense. They've allowed they've allowed their opponents to score 38 times on 39 trips. 30 of those are touchdowns. I want to find which saps didn't score that. <laughs> <much>. <laughs> yeah, what happened? You know, it's most likely a turnover. I'll bet you it was Nevada. Maybe at the end of the game. Yeah, they were moving the ball a little bit, and then they – yeah. I would bet Maybe it's Nevada. Maybe they had to score a touchdown instead of a field goal, and they didn't do it at the end of the game. Yep. <laughs> oh, boy. That's rough, man. 
rough stuff, but that's good news for the Cowboys, who have also, you know, they haven't struggled in the red zone, but they've struggled to score touchdowns in the red zone. I believe they're they're knocking on the door of the top 10 overall in red zone efficiency. They're just not getting it in the end zone. And Tim Polisek, Wyoming's offensive coordinator, often alludes to the fact that every time it seems to be first and goal, they're on the 10-yard line, and there's no opportunities, and the field is just cut so, you know, all those 22 dudes in a 10-yard area, and it's just, it's really tough. So, um, I get what he's saying, and he's right. I, I can't tell you how many times I've been in the press box, and I'm like, man, first and goal from the 10, first and goal from the 9. Like, how many wh- – why can't they have first and goal from the 3? I mean, it just hasn't happened that many times for this team because they're going to score on first and ten, uh, first and goal from the 3. Exactly, and because you got four four times to pound the rock from there. You're yeah. most likely going to get in the end zone. Uh, but some of those – Maybe the receiver needs to run a different route to get to the eight or the seven yard line to get set up a first down from there. Yeah, or you know, stop at the twelve. <laughs> yeah, very true. So, what are you, uh, what are you thinking tonight? What are, What are you feeling? What do you What do you see happening? I really do believe that CSU is going to come out guns a blazing, and we're going to probably see a first quarter that's you know people are biting their nails. Yeah, um, it's going to be one of those deals, but. Once again, Wyoming on the road, just like they did at Hawaii, like they did at New Mexico, they bounce back and really take control of this game with, with, the, with the ground game and that swarming defense. And Wyoming pulls away probably in the third quarter. And, and it's going to be a no-doubter come fourth quarter. Yeah. That's obviously my hope. Yeah, the only bummer is is that at Canvas Stadium you can't see from the stands all the cars leaving the the uh, parking lot. <laughs> that used to be a beautiful sight. <laughs> yeah, you can't see that anymore from Canvas Stadium, but you can see plenty of empty seats. I, I'm with you, Jared. I think CSU is going to give it their best effort right off the bat. I might be one of those cornball dudes who believes in weird things, but Sonny Lubick came and talked to this group this week, told them how important the border war is, what it means, because I think – Personally, that's something that's been missing from the CSU aspect of this rivalry. I think they are—they don't want it as bad. They don't want it as bad as Wyoming, and I think something they haven't dealt with in the last couple of years, but something else that hurts CSU, I believe, is that when they start the year with CU and inevitably get punched in the mouth by CU, uh, traditionally, that's got to be a huge gut punch heading into the rest of your season. I mean, especially if you're putting all your marbles in that game and then you lose it right off the bat it's hard to bounce back from that and we've seen that csu teams can't bounce back from that and they just they you can't deny it wyoming has what 21 players on its roster from colorado um they they want it and michigan beat them up like cu did yeah (laughs) used to do this year took that role yeah exactly doing it and you know come home to lose to miss or middle tennessee state 34-19, 34-19, to 19, just got their butts kicked. And yeah. We have seen that Middle Tennessee State has won some decent games this year. Yeah. But then, you know, Jake Dickert and Washington State pounded them. But probably the one, the most demoralizing loss this year was to FCS. Uh, Sacramento State. Sacramento State. And they didn't just lose. 41-10. to 10. Yeah. And it was 35 nothing at halftime, 34 yeah. nothing at halftime, whatever it yeah. was. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of people leaving the stadium. Yeah, I'm guessing there was maybe five thousand people left come fourth quarter in that game. Yeah, and they've had they've had memorable ones. They lost at home to Illinois State. They got blasted a few years ago by Hawaii at home early in the season. Um, they've just they've had some real stinkers at home. Vanderbilt 
blew a huge lead against Vanderbilt, who hadn't what we uh, what did you say earlier this year? They hadn't crossed the the Mississippi River in yeah until when they won at Hawaii, they hadn't won a game west of the Mississippi. And, aside from CSU, yeah, it was. And I believe that snapped. Uh, Vanderbilt had the longest losing streak in the country at the time <laughs> when they beat CSU in Fort Collins. You just can't have losses like that. I mean, those are demoralizing losses for the program. And, you know, let's be real, though. Let's let's put on our fan hats for a minute. It, you take a lot of pleasure in those losses. And it's mainly because CSU fans are so delusional. They actually thought they were going to the Big 12. They think they are a sexy option for the Big 12 conference and expansion. And I'm sorry, guys. When you say the weather's too good and you're going hiking and biking and drinking terrible beer – that's not watching a game on TV, let alone being in the stadium. Yeah, and you have 30,000 students and you can't get you know, more than 15 actual total fans yeah. you know, there. Yeah. Um, they, of course, everybody announces paid attendance, and they've had a couple of paid attendances this year that have been, they've looked good, but they're not all there. No. And, and to me, Colorado, the state, we all know the state of Colorado college football is pretty bad right now, aside from Air Force. They're definitely mm-hmm. carrying the flag, as they usually do. But let's be real, guys. CSU and CU couldn't even sell out Mile High Stadium, which is 75,000 seats, on a beautiful, no doubt, beautiful August, late August, early September day. Boulder's, what, 20 miles from Mile High Stadium? Uh, Canvas Stadium's, what, 40, 45 miles away? I mean, you can't get 75,000 people interested enough to go to a home opener for the Rocky Mountain Showdown? I bet if Wyoming and Nebraska played in Mile High Stadium, they would. Uh, I know they'd sell it out because Nebraska would oh, come absolutely. in droves, but Wyoming people would come in droves too. Nebraska's second largest um, dem- market for graduates oh. is the Denver area. Absolutely, absolutely. Yep. So th- this thought that CSU owns the TV market and stuff like that—it's just asinine. It's it really is. They they don't. Nebraska owns that TV market. There's oh. no question about it. And probably Oklahoma to a degree as well. I mean, how many times do you walk in downtown Denver and you're like, why is an Iowa flag, a Wisconsin flag? Uh, you see more of that stuff than you see Colorado State flags. When I lived in Chicago, that is one thing that I miss about downtown Chicago. Every team in the Big Ten had at least one sports bar called yeah. the home of the Michigan State Spartans, the home of the Michigan Wolverines, whatever it may yeah. be. And they had stuff hanging everywhere. And, um, and then, like, you know, every sports team across the country almost had a home sports bar. Yeah, in Chicago, absolutely, it was really cool. And Denver is just nothing like that, though. No, compared to yeah, to what a Chicago is. No, definitely not. But there's no CSU bar. Uh, no, well, DNVR. We yeah, no. I think DNVR. They bought their own, but they're a CU, CU, and CSU bar. So. I just I love this game, Jared. I really do. I, I see exactly like you do. I think CSU gives it their. You know, they they throw a they throw a few punches right off the bat. Cowboys withstand it. Cowboys find a way to win this game. It's too damn important. Cowboys are going to win this one. Uh, I don't know what the score is going to be. I believe it's a nine point spread, eight and a half point spread, something like that. But I think the Cowboys find a way to win this game. It's too important, uh, which makes Boise State next week huge. But this is a really fun game, and. I hope for you folks going out there for your first game, too, that uh, this one grabs you the way it grabbed me when I was a kid, and I hope it's memorable, and I hope it's a lot of fun, and it should be. So uh, I, I'm going to take the Cowboys. I want to say like 32-16, something like that in this one. 
comfortable in the fourth quarter, though. Definitely CSU is not going to score over 19. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's go 19. Let's go 19. That's a safe bet. So kickoff once again, 5 p.m. tonight inside Canvas Stadium. Game can be seen on CBS Sports Network. This has been the 7220sports.com kickoff show presented by Dickie's Barbecue Pit in Laramie and Cheyenne. This show is also sponsored by Rocky Mountain Shirtworks, Wild Lotto, Papa Murphy's Pizza, and Warren's Repair and Towing. Thank you for joining us. For Jared Newland, I'm Cody Tucker. Stay tuned for Wyoming Football next, right here on KOWB.